You said that weird again. <laughs> you have you have found the Shays Lounge, and thank you so much for coming back this week. We are so happy that you guys are listening. This is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, we get excited every time we see, like, ooh, our last podcast was listened to by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Makes we're just it, it does we're just a small podcast right now um, we're hoping to be bigger um, we're doing everything we can to you know promote the site and promote uh, the podcast and, and what we do what we need you guys to do as listeners is to give us some good feedback uh, what what do you like about the podcast what do you dislike about the podcast we will take it all under advisement and we will do our best to make the the best podcast out there so what are we talking At least about? As today? best as we could possibly make ours. Yes, which I think is going to be the best. It'll be it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> I think we're doing okay so far, though. I think so, and you know, eventually, if this you know this blows up, which I'm hoping, maybe it will. Um, you know, we can get some sponsors. We can get some. You know, we can get some more exposure out there, and just really have a big podcast. That would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about today, Vaughn? Oh, geez. There's so many things that we've been talking about throughout the week. Course, How has your week been? Of course, it's been such a busy week. Um, it's actually been a good week because for the first time in about a month, I've actually had a Friday off. Yeah, Vaughn works second shift uh, driving a truck. And uh, he has to work Sunday through Thursday is his actual Full shift. shift. Yes. But he's been working Sunday through Friday, which leaves him Saturday as his only day off. And when you work night shift, you end up sleeping half of your Saturday. So really, you're not even getting a full day off. Yeah. And then you have to turn around and go back and do it again on Sunday. But this week, we had a good week, I guess. So we didn't have to work on Friday night, which was really nice. And it's been very weird having him here for, for that much time because I'm kind of used to not having him here. I'm kind of used to doing my own thing. And now I have to share the TV and I have to make extra food. And it's just, you know, it's weird. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> have to share our TV with your loving and wonderful husband. Well, in, in all fairness, he has his own TV. Um, the way that our house is set up, it's got a living room and a den and so the den actually belongs to Vaughn, and he has turned that into his game room. So he has his own TV with his own Xbox, with everything he needs in there to be just a happy little clam. With my shelves, with all my stuff that's on it. Describe some of your stuff that's on there. I think our listeners would be interested. Okay, well, I mean, I've got these bookshelves that I got from Cricket's dad. Uh, there's about four or five rows of those Funko Pop characters. Most of them are from video games like Destiny. Some mm -hmm. of them are Star Wars, Star Wars. Some of them are Marvel. And then I've got a whole row of nothing but Deadpool pull ones, which was some of my favorite ones. I got shot glasses that I've been collecting for the last probably 20 or 30 years. 30 years at least. Then I at know least of. 30 years mm -hmm. of shot glasses that when I've traveled different places, I have gotten shot glasses from there because that's a cheap souvenir. you know. And it's fun to see what what shot glasses are there because you know every yeah. state puts out a different shot glass every location in every state has its own little special shot glass and and it's fun to see like you've got one that's a little tequila shot glass and it's got a little guy in a sombrero and he's over, hanging over the edge of the shot glass yeah it's like this little person that's hanging over the edge like he's just dunking his head in the tequila 
Yeah. So that was that that was my favorite one. And then I've got one shelf that's got different wine glasses or wine bottles. Sorry. We're a bunch of winos over here. As you can tell, I'm drinking my Dos Equis tonight, but uh, Vaughn has already had um, a I glass of off, wine. finished off my bottle of wine that I started yesterday. And then uh, also has finished off a couple Dos Equis. It's, it's Saturday night here now, and Saturday night is drunken Call of Duty night with my buddies. And so <laughs> I get a good early start, so by the time we get on there, because when you play uh, Call of Duty drunk, it's not so bad when you lose. You're like... It's okay. Let's go again. Some of my favorite memories of playing Call of Duty have been when I was just plastered. Black, drunk and Black Ops was the best. Oh, it was the best. It was so much fun. Oh, yeah. It still is. It still is. You don't care about your, your KD, uh, your killed percentage. Um, you don't care how many times you die. Um, you just go out there and you just have fun. Yeah. And that's the best part. Because that's one thing I would I got into bad before, is that I would play these games. And I didn't really, I guess I didn't really enjoy it all that much. It was kind of like a job. Yeah, because I was so worried about the KD ratio. I think your KD ratio is your kill death ratio, and you want it to be above one, which means you have more kills than you have deaths. Yes, but um, and when this new one came out, I was kind of going that same route. Mm-hmm. And at first, when you first start playing these new ones, you don't worry about it too much because you're too busy worrying about which guns you like, which guns you don't like, and this and that. And then it gets to where, okay, I gotta watch my kitty, gotta watch my kitty. Then I just finally decided, you know what, I don't care. I'm just gonna play it, I'm gonna have fun doing it. I don't care how much I die. And since I've done that, oh yeah, the KD is taking a hit from hell. <laughs> But I don't care. I'm having fun playing. And that, and that's honestly, you know, there's a lot of guys that get out there and they treat these things like jobs. Um, but what is a video game if not to have fun? Right. I mean, I had a guy a couple of weeks ago just get irate on these messages that he was sending me. Yeah, he um, he slid into Vaughn's DMs on, on the Xbox on the game and, and was calling him all kinds of names. Yeah, calling me trash because I was. He said, what kind of trashy person hides in a corner with an RPG? <laughs> I told him, well, the kind of trashy person that ran out of ammo on his first gun because you and your stupid teammates kept coming after me, determined to get me out of my strategic ambushing spot. <laughs> and and for those of you who um, play games, strategic ambushing is camping. <laughs> no, I don't camp. I strategic ambush. <laughs> but um, I ran out of ammo with my other gun, so I had no choice but to use an RPG. And I told him, I said, well, I was having a lot of fun, you know, but he was just, and like after every lobby, it's like, you're trash, you're trash, ha, 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 y'all got spanked. I'm like, it's a video game, dude. Don't care. Don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play again another round. I you know, it, and honestly, it might be different if you were getting paid to play the video games, but you're not getting paid to play the video games, so. At least I'm not. Exactly. So maybe some of these guys are, and that's why they're taking it so personally. Well, there's a, like a, it's just that mentality people get in these games that when you find someone that is strategically ambushing, you do everything you can to get this person. It's kind of a point of pride. Yeah, it's like you have to, you don't care if he kills you 15 freaking times, you're going to get to him eventually and that's what (laughs) makes you happy. But, you know, it's, 
but there's there's a better way to shut down one of these campers. Best way to shut them down is just, well, you know they're camping in that corner over there. How about just quit going and he can't get no more kills. <laughs> then he has to move. Then he has to move. Otherwise, he's going to be stuck there the entire round. That's why I like this one new game style that they play that they added to the deal not too long ago, I guess. But it's called Cranked. Mm-hmm. And once you get a kill, you've got so many seconds to get another kill or you die. Ooh. You can just be running along, your timer goes off, and you go, Ugh, and your guy falls over and dies. So if you have a camper, just don't go over there for 20 seconds, and he's going to die anyway. And you don't have to go somewhere else. I like that. Yeah. It, it, it kind of forces you to get out there and play the game. Yeah. Forces you to get out and try to run and gun with the other guys. Doesn't always work out so well when I try that part of the game, but you know, it, it, it's still fun. And that's when I get aggravated. I just, okay, fine. I just run with my RPG and get kills and piss people off. I wonder if you could hear that over the microphones. What? Our um, our water, water cooler, cooler just kicked on. Oh, if I you guys can hear that, I apologize for that. It just kicked on and it's kind of loud. But anyway, back to my shelves. I also have two whole shelves, like entire things, almost completely full of comic books. That's true. And every time we go to Canton, and I think we've described Canton. Yes, we did that a couple weeks ago. Okay, so we've described what Canton is. is this gigantic flea market. Right. Every time we go to Canton, we go to this one booth, and we buy comic books. Yep. For Vaughn. Yep. I mean, I've got, I think the last time I counted, you, I have over 90-something of them up on my shelf. I was going to say, you have at least 100. Right at 100. I think I said I was, I had 93, because I remember telling the kids I was seven short of 100. Most half of them are Punisher. Mm-hmm. I have, I think, one or two Deadpool comics. I've got several um, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And then just some odd and end ones that. Kind of. Now, granted, when I go to buy these comic books, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I'm going to make so much money off this one one day to sell it. Now, I, I bought all the Punisher ones just because I like the Punisher. Uh, all the other ones I bought because. Hey, the cover art on that one looks really cool. I like it. <laughs> it was shiny. He yeah, liked yeah, it, yeah. so he it, bought it. it. I'm looking at the artwork on the on the cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's in it or what the story is behind it. I just like the artwork, and that's what I'm that's what I'm purchasing. Right. They got to catch you. They got to catch you quick. I'm judging those books by the covers. You're judging them by the covers. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's what you got to do. Then we got like all of our DVD movies and Blu-ray movies. Of course, we're sitting there talking about DVD movies, and it makes me think about it because what, what makes me think is when people, if someone hears this podcast 20 years from now, they're going to think, they're going to probably be laughing because we're talking about DVDs and Blu-rays. Right. And the reason I say that is because <clears throat> someone that's on this podcast, it's not me, hint, hint, saw Die Hard for the first time the other this weekend. It only took me 32 years to watch Die Hard. And we were kind of retro-tripping out on it because when the guy picked him up for the limo... When Argyle picked up John McClane in the he limo... He was bragging about how the, the, the limo had VHS <laughs> and he went to go play music and he put in the cassette tape. And I'm just like... I can remember when this came out, and when the computer hackers, it was like the old school... Old school hackers? Green-lettered computers. <laughs> but when that movie came out... 
It was state-of-the-art. That was state-of-the-art. And that was all high-tech stuff. Yeah. And so... Well, it was 1988. It was. But that was high-tech stuff for 1988. But I, I feel so happy that I'm part of the party now. Because now I've seen Die Hard. And I just want to come down... And I just want to say for the record, the Die Hard is 100% a Christmas movie. Absolutely. It's 100% a Christmas movie. Because that was one of those movies that I was actually thinking of a question to ask her on this podcast, which would be, tell me a movie that you haven't seen that would surprise some people that you haven't seen. And of course, Die Hard Die would be Hard top of the list. Die Hard would have been her best answer. Yeah. Now, I, now, I have not... I have not not seen Die Hard movies. I saw Die Hard 4. I saw Die Hard with a Vengeance. I saw the one uh, that had... what What is that kid's name? That, uh, Justin, Long, uh, Justin Long? Is that his name? Anyway, the, the kid hacker, when they, when they ran that... Uh, I just remember from the movie, they ran that police car into a helicopter. Helicopter, yeah. I remember that, that movie I've seen. But I had never I like seen the, one the original with Die Hard. Jackson too. I don't think I've seen that one. That one was pretty good because anything with Samuel Jackson is just going to make it better. Absolutely, he's just amazing. Yeah. And of course, oh, and like one of my favorite movies that just kind of those when they managed to actually really just shock you. It what was it? Uh, the one underwater was it? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. When Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson got eaten, there, and he's given the monologue. Done. I have survived worse than this. I have done this, and everybody's like, "Hell yeah, let's go, Samuel!" And the shark comes up and eats him, and everybody's just like, "Crap, we're all gonna die." <laughs> well, it was a horror movie. You knew he was gonna die. But not Samuel Jackson. <laughs> that was a good twist. I did. I mean, I did not. Nobody see that saw that coming. You're like, wait, he wasn't supposed to die. <laughs> <laughs> he was not supposed to be the one to die. Speaking of movies where the where the main character is not supposed to die. Um, that always cracked me up whenever we watched Doom. Yes. <laughs> when The Rock is like, I'm not supposed to die, die? and then he dies. <laughs> well, he didn't die at that point. He but, got captured and turned or whatever. But Yeah, but he still died. Yeah, he still ended up dying, but yeah. Wait, I'm not supposed to die. That was great. You gotta love it when movies are self-aware. Yeah. I do like that. Nobody did that better than uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Because, uh... uh What's his name? Carrie, Carrie Elwes actually pulled the script out of his back pocket looking through the script to see, well, this can't be. You, what do you mean I lose? And he pulls the script out and he's like... <gasps> <laughs> but I like self-aware movies like that. That's just, that's kind of my jam. Yeah. So what were we going to talk about this week? We had like a whole list of things and we've already been off on some tangents here. Right. And I know one where we're trying to think of a way to kind of just ease our way into it. I don't think you can ease your way into this. I'm just going to go right into it. And that's a thing that's really sweeping our country right now is the BLM. The Black Lives Matter movement. Right. It it, kind of got kicked off when uh, Floyd George was murdered by a police officer um, in the line of duty. And uh, that's what kind of kicked off the current movement that you see right now. But there have been many people since then, and, and many people before then. Um, right. I mean, people are talking about how bad police officers treat people nowadays. 
No. I, I think there's been bad cops that have treated people wrong for a long time. It's just that now we're in a day and age where people can have video proof of it. Yeah, and I think that's what's changed. But the big thing about Black Lives Matters, the part of it that bothers me the most is that in this day and age, our country should have been past this stupid crap. It's 2020. Long, Why are we still having this conversation? A long, long time ago. Yes. Now, yes, I completely support the the Black Lives Matter movement. 100%. But it, to me, as a white male living in this country, it's supposed to be this great country, it's downright embarrassing to me that there is still a need for a Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. There shouldn't be even there shouldn't be a reason to have that anymore. I think a lot of it comes from we as a nation don't like to admit our biases. Right. And we don't like to admit the fact that everybody, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, or any race or culture, you have inherent biases toward other people. We're raised to be tribal. That's just part of our DNA. That's how we survived back in the days of the, the Stone Age. You know, that, that's just encoded in our DNA to be tribal. White people stick with white people. Black people stick with black people. Asians stick with, You know, it's just, it's kind right. of one of those things. And we're in such a mixed up country where everybody lives with everybody else. People tend to have these unconscious biases where they don't trust anybody who doesn't look like them. And they That's don't even. Fine. You don't have to trust me if I don't look like you. But and I but don't they... have to trust you if you don't look like me. But by God, treat the other person with freaking respect. I don't give a. I'm sorry. I don't give a damn what color your skin color is. I, I agree. I agree. You don't have to trust somebody to re- to show them respect and to treat them as you would anyone else. Right. But we we have these. Un- there was a study done at Oxford University, and I can't remember what year it was. I, I would have to Google that, and I'm not going to do that while I'm on the podcast. Um, but it was a study done at Oxford University about unconscious biases where we all have them and we are not aware that we are making decisions based on these little racist ways in which we were, we were raised. Right. And the way to get past to where we don't need Black Lives Matter is to just simply acknowledge that we are all biased. Because well, if you if you can't acknowledge something, you can't fix it. Well, that and another way to get past it, if you have kids, don't teach them to be racist. Yeah. Oh, did you see that woman? Because, hold did on. You... No, I mean, I mean, if you really got down to the brass tacks of it, one, maybe two generations of humans is all it would take to get rid of racism. Agreed. And that is it. The only reason there are racist people now is because their crappy parents taught them to be racist. Agreed. And, and I see young kids that act racist. And the only reason they are acting that way is because their parents have taught them to act that way. I vividly remember when I was on a trip to Abilene, Texas to show horses and we were at the hotel swimming pool 
And one of the little white kids that was with me told me not to get in the swimming pool because there were black kids in there and they had contaminated the water. Oh, my gosh. I, I vid, like, I have never forgotten that. And I, and I remember his name. I'm not going to out him. Right. But I remember his name who told me that. And it was... At the time, I didn't realize how disgusting that was. Right. Because I was a kid, you know? Right, and, and that proves my point, because when you're a kid at that age, you, you don't really look at people, and you don't treat people differently because of where they, where they look, unless I just, you're taught that. Way. I just remember being a little dumbfounded that he would have said something that was that ignorant. Right. But now that I'm an adult and I see what goes on in the country... I'm dumbfounded that he is that hateful. You know, ignorance is one thing. He was flat out being hateful. Yeah. And and being actively racist toward people he didn't even know. But I guarantee you he got that from his parents. He absolutely got it from his parents. I'm positive that at some point in time or another his parents told him not to do that and that was the reason why. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I mean, luckily... You know, my mother raised me to not be that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the, the neighborhoods that I grew up in, I know I lived there for, it was like these little duplexes. And there was about 60 or 70 duplexes in this uh, complex. And in the seven, eight years that we lived there, there was maybe only four or five other white families that lived there in that entire time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so I grew up around nothing but black people. And I never once looked at them as being lesser than me because their skin was different. Mm -hmm. And that's not, and and yet partly it was because of the decision that I made. But it was also because my mom always told me, you don't treat anybody differently because of what their skin color looks like. Right. Well, you were raised right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my best friends growing up that age were all black. I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to say names, but I still remember every one of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. But, and I just, it's just how, like, like I said, it's, just, it's how it all goes back to how you're raised. It really does. Did you see the video of that woman uh, waving that Confederate flag at those people saying that she's going to raise her kids to hate black people? No, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, she she just flat out told the people in this protest, I'm going to raise my kids to hate you. And she got in trouble with her job, and so Good. she took it all back. I think she got fired. No, I, that's not something you can just say. I don't think that's something that you can just say, oh, I take that back. Because no. you meant it no, when you said you it. you don't take it back. You, you that's meant not that. No. You you're upset that you that you have consequences for your actions. You're not yeah. upset that you said it. Exactly. You're not like yeah. You're not sorry that you said it. You're just sorry that you're getting in trouble for it and you weren't expecting it. So whatever backwoods country redneck cousin thrusting. Yeah. <laughs> Family tree intertwines. Family tree's a stick. Right. <laughs> Don't teach your kids to be that way. If you're going to teach your kids to be that way, don't freaking have kids. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. But speaking of family trees, and this is going off on a different subject, 
And I apologize. If, if you have anything else you want to say about that, you know, feel free to bring it back up. It may come back up, but because it's just it's just a very aggravating subject to me. I, I completely understand it. It is to me as well. But speaking of family trees, I have found another cousin. Oh, cool. I didn't know if I told you that. I haven't told you, you listeners yet. Okay, so a little bit about me. I am adopted. Um, and it took me... 39 years to give a crap about finding who my birth parents were. I think that's, I think I might have started looking last year. Right. A little bit. Uh, because, you know, that's, that's, and that's one thing that they always ask adopted kids. So, are you ever going to try to find your real mom and dad? That's right. the question I was going to bring up to you. Not asking if I wanted you to find your real parents, but I was going to say, I remember the story of you telling me. Does someone ask you, hey, do you ever want to meet your real parents? I I know where my real parents are. I I live with them. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) My real parents are the people who raised me. Exactly. Because you don't choose your family. And in my case, my family chose me. And that was really special to me. And I've known I was adopted since I was old enough to know anything. And what's neat about my family is that my mom and dad tried to have kids from the first time they were they were married and were not able to have kids. So they looked into adopting a child. And they happened to be living in England while they were adopting a child. And they adopted my brother from an orphanage in Portugal. He was five and a half years old when they adopted him. Didn't speak a word of English. He learned real quick. And they have some they have some cute stories about him learning English, you know, and everything. Now he doesn't remember any Spanish or any Portuguese. But when he took Spanish in high school, it was super easy for him. But he doesn't really remember. It all kind of started coming back. All started kind of coming back, yeah. That's cool. But he wanted nothing to do with anybody from Portugal. He wanted nothing to do from anybody, you know, from from the orphanage or anything. Because they came to visit him one time, and he freaked out and wouldn't go anywhere near them. Because he was afraid they were going to take him back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, they adopted my brother, and then um, 11 years later... They had been trying to have a child this entire time. Eleven years later, they adopted me. And then 11 months after I was adopted, my sister was born. (laughs) And she's their natural child. And my brother and I, from the time we were very young, knew we were adopted. It was never made out to be a big deal. And it was such a big part of my growing up, my childhood, and it was such a big part of my family that um, my sister, who was their natural child, actually wondered when she was going to be adopted. Oh, she wanted your parents to adopt she her She wanted as well. to be adopted as well because that was such a special thing in our family. Right. But it's taken me this long to really give a crap about, you know, my DNA. Right. Because your DNA is not, that's not who your family is. Right. But I, I just got curious, you know, because I would like to know who I look like. I would like to know some of my blood relatives. So I got on Ancestry.com, took the Ancestry gen, gen, genealogical test. Genetic test. Genetic test, whatever. That's an whatever. easier word to That's say. That's an easier Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no lie there. Don't go for the big words when you're already slurring stuff, baby. <laughs> well, at least I don't have my tongue ring in. It's a little easier to, to, yeah, to speak. Why, 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 real quick, why don't you have your tongue ring in? Because the ball fell off, and, and I don't have a replacement, it. and I swallowed it, and I don't have a replacement, so I had to take as it out. As many times as you have lost the balls off one end of your tongue ring, you would think <laughs> you would have a baggie, like a 
gallon size Ziploc baggie in your bathroom full of, of replacements. replacements. Yeah, and I didn't this time. I've had my tongue pierced five times and didn't have any replacement hardware for it. And so you're when I swallowed it. You're going to potty and you're going to hear a <laughs> And if I do, I'm going to come tell you. <laughs> That's okay. I don't really want to know. But anyway, so that was a tangent. Sorry. Um, anyway, so I've, I've started. I went on Ancestry. I took the genetic test. Um, there, I came up with a bunch of cousins. Everybody from a first cousin all the way down. And tried to get in touch with people. Nobody ever responded back until finally my third cousin responded back, which means we have a great-great-grandparent in common. Right. No, great-great-great-grandparent in common. So, third cousins is not super close, but it was just really cool to find her. And she's now my Facebook friend, which is awesome. And so, I've been trying to reach out to people since January. And we're now in June, so this has been six months. Finally, my second cousin that I have sent a couple of messages to checked her inbox. And she messaged me back, and we're now Facebook friends. And we spent a couple of hours you know, chatting on Facebook the other day, which was really cool. Yeah. And uh, what is really odd is I was born in Kentucky. My third cousin, the one that I found first, was also born in Kentucky and moved to Florida when she was an adult. My second cousin, the one that I just found, was born and raised in Florida. Yeah. So how weird is that, that both of them would be from Florida right now? Yeah, I'm curious to see where... Because I did the Ancestry thing as well. And it popped up a first cousin Mm -hmm. of mine. I have not contacted this lady yet, but... And Vaughn has an interesting family tree that we're not going to go into. Right. But um, having a first cousin is pretty significant. Yes. And so... um, I'm going to look at that up and see if I can get in contact with her. Because I think that would be... I think that would be awesome. I I don't remember where... I think she's still from Texas. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'd have to look at it again. It's been so long since I've seen it, but... We'll get on there tonight and we'll we'll double check it. Yeah. And see where all that came from. I think it would be neat if I could hear something back from her. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And where where did your... uh, what did, I can't remember, where did it say, like Welsh was mine? Mostly Welsh and Russian? Okay, yeah, yours was Welsh and Russian. Welsh, English, and Russian. Mine was all English and Scottish. Like, all of it. And then I had like 1% from Senegal. Which means somebody bumped into somebody from Senegal. But... Because mine was mostly Welsh, Russian, and then it had some Irish in there or Celtic. A little bit, but yeah. not very much. Yeah. It, it was a it was a weird mixture. So. Which I know is kind of weird because I can remember stories of my mom and my grandfather telling me that. I know that it was my grandfather's mom. Your grandfather's mom? Yeah, I believe it was my grandfather's mom. They used to talk about how sometimes she was actually hard to even understand, but uh, she talked in such a strong Irish accent because she was like straight from Ireland. Right. So I know 
that that side of my family is somewhere in there. I know they can trace family trees to Bonnie Parker. Yeah. And I have a weird tangential relationship to Bonnie Parker. I'm not related to either one of Bonnie and Clyde. But the little boy that I used to babysit when I was 12 years old, he is related to Clyde Barrow. Okay. Like his, Clyde Barrow was his second cousin once removed or something like that. So uh, pretty close to the point where Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde used to show up at family reunions. And uh, the woman, uh, the, the little boy's grandmother uh, said that uh, she had met Bonnie and Clyde and they were just mean as snakes. Or, that, or that's what everybody had said, was that they were just mean as snakes. You know, everybody talked about them being these sweet people and, you know, oh, this love story for the ages and all this other stuff. No, they were just mean as hell. Well, the stories that I heard, it was almost the same thing from my grandpa and my mom, was that when they, were, they would show up for family reunions, that you never knew which... Bonnie and Parker were going to show up. Made mm-hmm. everybody, people very nervous anytime they showed up because there were times that they would show up and it's like she was saying, mean as snakes. Mm-hmm. There might be a day they would show up and it would be just be these two happy-go-lucky people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think Bonnie and Clyde killed a lot of people mm-hmm. on each other's behalf the whole time they were pillaging their way across the south yeah so they were not good people no they weren't <laughs> they were not good people at all i mean didn't didn't bonnie break clyde out of a prison out of east ham the old east ham unit and that building is actually still there they have since then built a new prison mm-hmm. but that old unit where she broke him out of is still there you can go up to it and you can see it. But that's the one that she broke him out of and they killed five guards on the way out. Shot them with shotguns as they were driving on the way out and killed five guards. Didn't even care. No. It was just target practice and they didn't, like I said, it was just zero remorse for the horrible, horrible things that they did. Right. So... Well, I don't really want to talk about Bonnie and Clyde. No. <laughs> but you, we got to talk about family trees, and that's how I got on that subject. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's okay. Actually, it would be kind of neat if we did a little research into Bonnie and Clyde or, or some other historical figure that we're kind of, like, related to and, you know, bring that into the podcast and kind of let people know where our roots are. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that I'm related to somebody interesting. But my <laughs> luck, I'm not. <laughs> Most interesting person, family tree, John Doe. <laughs> that's my luck <laughs> so I'm figuring um, going back to my family tree um, my birth mother was about 20 when I was born so I figure she's about 60 or 61 now so I don't think it's too late to find her um, you know my parents are in their 70s because they were a little older when they when they actually adopted me but I think um, it might be worth it to keep searching for her just to yeah. just to kind of see. You know, it'd be interesting to see where I got these hips from. <laughs> You're going to meet your mom go, oh, now I see. Okay. Now I see, said the blind man. This is man. your fault, woman, not mine. <laughs> All 
All right, so what else are we going to talk about today? Um, <laughs> we, we may have some exposures to COVID-19 at, at the places in which we work, yes. which is, which is going to be fun. Um, we're not going to go into where we work, but... Luckily, where I work is I don't have to be around anybody ever. Yeah, and, and we've discussed that before. So I'm that not, is not all around that people. worried about it. Um, I'm worried about it because I see uh, customers on a daily basis. I see many customers on a daily basis. Now, we wear our mask. We sanitize everything. We do everything we can to be as cautious as possible. But somebody sneezes in your face, and you can't just, you know, you can't stop that. And uh, there's a lot of people out there who think that not wearing a mask is some kind of political statement. And, uh, you know, I just want to go ahead and go on record and tell you that you're wrong. Um, not wearing a mask means you don't give a crap about anybody around you and that you are a selfish MFer. Right. And I just want to go on record saying that uh, because I do not appreciate it. Um, we have had several diagnoses of COVID-19 at a neighboring branch of the uh, job that I work. And I have been exposed, directly exposed to the people who were directly exposed to covid so that's not fun for me. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for it to hit. And uh, what, what scares me about it is not, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, oh, well, you know, COVID-19, is, it's just basically a bad cold. You don't have to worry about it. It's just basically like getting the flu. Um, they are realizing that there's a lot of, and, and my medical friends are going to have to correct me on this, comorbidities I believe is the term yeah, I told you no more big words <laughs> I believe it's comorbidity which means you have more than one more than one symptom or more than one illness along with your main illness um, when they have children that have been diagnosed with COVID which when we were when, when this all first came out we were told that children were not as affected as badly by COVID Right. Um, that we didn't have to worry about children because it wasn't killing them. Um, they're coming down with a disease uh, that's very similar to Kawasaki disease, which is a autoimmune disorder which causes your body to attack your internal organs. And that's what's happening to children who sometimes they don't even have symptoms of having COVID. They just test positive for it, and they end up with Kawasaki's disease. Um, they're realizing that a lot of people who have these diseases have decreased lung function for up to five or six years after you have COVID, which is a bad thing. So it's not just the COVID that's getting people, it's the stuff that makes them, that they are more susceptible to after getting it. Correct, correct. And right. COVID is behaving like a neurotoxin in some cases where it's ablating parts of your brain. Um, so it's not, it, guys, it's not just like the flu. It's not just a bad cold. It's a very, very serious viral disease. And you need to take it seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, we live in Texas. Governor Abbott made the decision to open up the state, in my opinion, too early. And we have had the greatest number of daily cases um, since COVID started. So I think he I think he made a bad decision. But didn't they, him or his 
group or whatever come back and say, hey, um, I think we messed up. Okay, so Governor Abbott opened the state up about three weeks ago. Um, and then he sent out Lieutenant Governor, is it Bullock? I can't remember the Lieutenant Governor's name. This is terrible. I, I'm supposed to be plugged into politics. and. <laughs> well, I'm not plugged into politics. I hate looking into politics because it's all the same. So don't ask me political questions because my answer is always the same. Dan I Patrick. I, I know I should be more plugged into politics. So the lieutenant governor of Texas is named Dan Patrick. Um, Governor Abbott sent him out on a mea culpa mission here this last week saying, oops, we opened too soon, we screwed up, we're going to start shutting things back down again. Because the bars and the tattoo parlors and other places like that were not following masking procedures. There's enough, they were not forcing people to wear masks when they walked in. Um, they weren't keeping a 25 or 50% capacity. And so um, they're shutting things back down again in Texas because our numbers are continuing to rise. They're, that curve is not being flattened at all. Well, it was like, like you were saying though, they still said, okay, we're gonna open the state back up but we still have protocols that you need to follow and it's the people that are just refusing to follow that mm -hmm. you know some of these places that like you were saying they're opening up and they're like well we just we're, 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 we got to get business we got to get business you know and they're not requiring people to wear masks they're not requiring people to social distance i mean now granted we've gone out to eat it restaurants a couple times mm -hmm. that since they've been opened and can I say the name Cheddar's sure yeah I guess so since I said it huh <laughs> but you know they only have so many tables opened up right they've got the signs up say hey all of our employees will be wearing masks they're using throwaway menus to mm -hmm. make sure they're not having to worry about sanitizing a menu from one person to the next mm -hmm. They've got little cards that are on the tables that after the table is completely sanitized, they put that card down saying this table is ready for use. Mm -hmm. And you, you can look when you sit down and you see all the tables that are around you. Every one of them says this table is not in use for social distancing. And so at least they are doing, it seems like to me that they are at least doing what they are supposed to do. Right. Because like I know like when we went in there, you know, of course, since they're only using so many tables, they're only allowed so many people in the, in the restaurant at the time. Right. And they said, well, hey, let me give you your, you can get your number. You need to go wait in your car. When your table's ready, we'll let you know because, you know, everybody all piling up right there at the door, sitting down, trying to find a place to scrunch up You can't up maintain at. social distance when you do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And so they're making people stay outside. You know, go to your car. We'll call you when your table's ready. And so at, at least... It seems like, I don't know about the other restaurants because we haven't been to any other ones, but at least that one seems like they are doing the things that were, I don't, I don't guess it's mandated, but at mm -hmm. least highly suggested mm -hmm. for them to do. Right. So kudos to you guys. Y'all are doing a good job. Well, let me just go on record by saying that refusing to wear a mask is not a personality. And mm -hmm. I just want to say, wear your freaking mask. Oh, and since you're going to talk about wearing masks, let's also talk about wearing a proper 
Meh. Oh my gosh, don't wear them under the, your nose. The craziest picture I have seen is of this woman who is wearing a crocheted mask. And not like a tight crochet weave mask. We're like talking like, looks like fishnet stockings on her face. And we're like, yeah, you stupid woman, that's not going to help. <laughs> well, freaking Alyssa Milano came out wearing a crocheted mask. Not a fishnet mask like that. It was actually a tighter weave. weave. But it was crocheted. That's not going to help you. Wear a ma- Wear an actual proper mask. Yeah. Wear a fabric mask with a liner in it. Wear one of those surgical masks. Wear something. Because, honestly, the mask is not there to protect you so much as it's there to protect everyone else. Right. So if everyone is wearing them, then we're all protected. Right. Because there are some people who physically cannot wear a mask. There are some autistic children who cannot wear a mask because it, it messes with right. them. There are people who have legitimate medical issues that keep them from wearing a mask. So that means the rest of us need to wear them in order to protect those people who can't legitimately wear a mask. And if you come into my store with one of those stupid, fake ADA things that say I am exempt from wearing a mask and you can't ask me why, I'm going to tell you to get the hell out of my store. Right. Because that's fake. There is nothing in the ADA that says that you're exempt from wearing a mask. Right. Like you were saying, there's people that have the medical, honest to God, medical conditions to where they can't wear these masks. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to throw up the law that says, well, because of this, it says I don't have to wear a mask. I can go where I want to. So no, 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 no. It says they have to give you reasonable accommodations. That reasonable accommodation, you sit your butt in your car, you tell us what you need, we'll bring it to you. Exactly. There's exactly. nothing that protects you from saying, this says I don't have to wear a mask, I can go in your store. No. It if, does not give you permission to go in the store. It does not give you permission to go in any place that's requiring masks. It just requires that if they will not let you in, they have to give you a reasonable accommodation. And that reasonable accommodation is, you can stay outside, tell us what you need, we'll bring it to you. Exactly. And if, you, if that's not good enough for you... Then go somewhere else. That car you just drove up in, go take your butt back to it and go somewhere else. Exactly. Quit showing your butt on social media, acting like you've got something to prove. And that's what it seems like. It seems like they're just doing it to try to prove a point. That's they're exactly what get, they're doing. Trying to get over on somebody. They're trying to score points and get yeah. likes. Yeah. yeah, but that's not that's that's not good enough, you know. Well, the only thing you're gonna get is a boot and ass. Get out of, get out of the way. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I have a strong I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Strong opinion. Dislike for stupidity. I think that's a very very nice way to phrase that. Because I didn't want to just come out and say I hate stupid people because that's not nice. So I'm not gonna say that I hate stupid people. So I'm just going to say that I strongly dislike them. Instead of saying that you hate stupid people. Yeah, I'm not going to say that out loud. I'm just going to say I just strongly dislike them. (laughs) (laughs) You're so silly. Well, I just... Well, it... It it irritates me that wearing a mask has been turned into a political football. 
It shouldn't be left versus right as to who's wearing a mask. You should care about your fellow man. And woman. And woman and child. Because there are some people who legitimately can't wear a mask. And just because you, Karen, don't want to wear a mask for 10 minutes while you're in Walmart, you know, get over yourself. It's not all about you. The whole Karen thing has been going around. I know. (laughs) I love the Karen thing. It's like, don't call me Karen. That's so rude. And somebody was like, well, we call you Karen because what we want to call you is not as nice. So we call you Karen (laughs) to be nicer. I won't say the other word. It starts with a C, doesn't it? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Four letters long, ends with a T. Yep. Yeah, I won't say that one for sure. But <laughs> it's like, well, we call you Karen because we don't, because calling you the other word is a lot unnicer, I guess. Yeah. I deal with a lot of Karens in my job. Yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy that part of my job, I can tell you that. I've ran into a few, not at my job, but at other places. Yeah. Well, you've worked, you have worked retail in the past, and so you've had to deal with Karens before. Yeah, because I, I did like rent to own kind of business before. And mm-hmm. when those Karens come up, I'm just like, bye. <laughs> you can leave now. If you're going to come here and be rude, I ain't giving you crap. You can leave. <laughs> and that's what I told them. I said, you know, like, no, I'm not putting up with that. You can leave now. I'm not renting you anything. I don't care how bad you need it. Bye. Toodles. I see, it, in my job, I don't really have that much freedom. We kind of have to lay down for the customer, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Because... As a customer service representative, you want to make sure you're taking care of your customers. But if your customer is also not returning the favor, you kind of don't want to. The customer is always right is B-S. Capital B. Capital S. I would very much like to dig Sam Walton out of his grave and slap him around for coming up with that phrase. Because the customer is almost always wrong. Right. That's the only thing right about the customers. They're all usually always wrong. And let me explain to you people, there is a difference between a debit card and a credit card. <laughs> and no, I cannot run a debit card as a credit card. <laughs> That's not something I can do. That's not something I will do. And I'm doing it to protect you. Because if I run, if I run a debit card as a credit card it is going to hold your money off your card for a month and you're going to be unhappy because you're not going to have your your money for a month but if i run it as a debit card then we get your money back to you quicker so just let us do what we need to do guys don't be that customer don't be that customer what well, you're paying attention to your phone. I'm just trying to get you back over here to the I, podcast. I'm listening. What did I just say? Don't be that person. <laughs> you only say you only know that because I said it twice, and I snapped at you to get your attention. Well, because it's proven if you want people to hear something, you always have to repeat it at least three times. Four times. Three times. Because if you ever listen to commercials, they always make sure they repeat stuff at least three times. You only hear 25% of what is said to you. But they always repeat stuff at least three times. I'm not arguing with you. Well, it's good because I'm right. <laughs> so what else are we going to talk about? we got a couple more minutes left to go. Oh, I'm mad this weekend. I'm super mad this weekend. You can get glad in the same britches you got mad in. Well, I'm going to have to be mad for a little while because I had a guy who was... Oh, yeah, yeah the ghoster. The ghoster. He was going to buy my motorcycle off me. And has been texting me all week about how much he wants this motorcycle. 
and how I need to take the listing down because he's the one that's going to buy it. And I've been talking to him and, and, and it's been great. And I was supposed to take the bike to him today and he has not answered my text messages in two days. He just freaking, he told me he was going to take the bike and then he freaking ghosted me. And I'm so mad about it because I need to sell the bike. <laughs> I was in the process of selling the bike. I had it sold. I could have left the listing up there for somebody else to take, but I took it down because this a-hole told me that he was going to be the one to get it. Well, see, I, I knew he was going to back out. And the reason I know is this: I knew that the second you told me that he was like, he's buying, he told you he was buying this bike no matter what. Even though his wife was going to get really pissed off at him for buying it, yep. he was going to buy it anyway. As soon as he invoked his wife, it was over with. As soon as he said that, I knew. Wife found out he was about to buy a bike. And she made him stop. And she put off to it. Yep. Guys, don't hide stuff from your wife. Nope. And don't ghost on people that you you, you say are, you're going to buy from. Yeah, I mean, come at on. At least have the courtesy to say, hey... Something came up, Something I'm not came able up, to do I'm it. Something came up, I'm not able to do it. Or, hey, after talking with my wife about it, it's just not a good time for me to do it. Yeah, and that's Something, fine. just like, okay, at least you know, and you're not just sitting there seeing if he's going to answer you back or not. Right. You know, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. So, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Have you figured out social media to the point where people can find you? Yeah, on those stuff that you've been mentioning every time. So we have a Twitter account, The Shays Lounge. The S-H-E-A-S Lounge, Lounge. at Twitter.com. We also have a Instagram account, The Shays Lounge. Um, I am on Twitter at Cricket Shay. I am also on Facebook. You can look me up on Facebook, Cricket Shay on Facebook. And we're going to eventually get Vaughn on there so that you can find him as well. <laughs> So give us your feedback. Give us your, your, you know, tell us how the week has been going for you guys. Let us add it to the podcast. Let us, let us, you know, talk about you a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for new guests. So, um, you know, let us know if you can be on the podcast next week. I think if I can get my friend Rando to come online, <laughs> we're going to talk to Rando about why he thinks hockey is better than baseball and yeah, why he's wrong. We're going to talk all to him about how he is wrong. Because but I, it's not. <laughs> we're going to see how many um, hockey references he can make while he's on the podcast. Now, so. Hockey is a fun sport. I have watched it. Uh, there's no facts that says one sport's better than the other. It's all opinion. And in my opinion, baseball is a much better sport, but that's because I played baseball growing up. Right. And and Rando has been, you know, all hockey all the time for as long as I've yeah. known him. I so. mean, and if you're around hockey all the time, hockey's going to be your favorite sport. Right. If you're around basketball, it's basketball, football, now, football. I mean, it's just how it is. But. One one thing that uh, Rando and I like watching is called Letterkenny. It's a, it's a show on Hulu. It's freaking hilarious. I, I need to get Vaughn watching it because I think he would really enjoy it too. But... They have a lot of hockey references on Letterkenny. I mean, okay. a lot of hockey references. Uh, to the point where they had one episode where it was just nothing but stuff like however many hockey hockey names they could name. 
who's your favorite backup goalie? And they were naming these backup. Exactly. They were naming these backup goalies that were their favorites. And Rando could follow along with every single one of those because he's so plugged into the hockey. I'm so plugged into hockey. I've collected sports cards over the last 30, 40 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think I have two hockey cards. <laughs> one of them somebody said was really good. And I guess that's something I can ask Rando. Yeah. I mean, I know like in all sports cards, the rookie cards are the ones you want the most because they're the ones that work the most. Right. And it's a dude named, pronounce this right, Yamir Yager. Yamir Yager. Now he, I don't think he's like Wayne Gretzky stud, mm. but I suppose that he was really good. And well, I have his rookie card, so that'll be a question for Rando for next we'll week. We'll ask Rando next week, so we'll, we'll try to get him I jot that on. down, but I don't know how to spell it. I'll have to look up the card. <laughs> All right, so we're going to sign off for this week, and we're going to say that we love you. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.